0: Hi. Everything's fine.
1: Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey everybody, everything's fine. Everything. Hey. Hey,
0: everything's, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. Welcome back to another episode of Everything's Fine. I am your host Kyle Pagan as always, joined by my main man Mark Henry. We uh, honestly filmed something yesterday. Thought we were going to get a guest. We have not gotten that guest. So this is your intro, and then we are going to. If you're watching this on the YouTube, we are going to clap, and we're going to be in totally two different. I don't know. Are you going to be in a different shirt?
1: You. I feel like you were a red shirt last
0: night. You're a
1: camera. I was. I was literally just thinking about this. I did laundry yesterday, and. I don't. I don't. I can't remember if I was wearing this yesterday to show solidarity with the Cardinals <laughs> or not. But uh, I called you a
0: blood. Ten, I remember I called you a blood. So uh, now you're wearing red again.
1: After another ten units, I had to do it again.
0: <laughs> Talk about it. Um. So yeah. So we're gonna do an intro. If you're watching on the YouTube, we already filmed something like 50 minutes, I think, uh yesterday. So once we clap, um. Then we we will change to different clothes like uh like we're magician. So one, two, three, Mark, clap. We we, we gotta clap at the same time. One, two, we three. Good job. One, two, three. Yeah. One, come on. Ready? First one was better. One, two, three. What would be the worst possible scenario? The fact that the Phillies go like ten and three and still miss the playoffs, that people are now calling for the team just to run it back. Like we're talking ourselves into Zach Eflin being healthy, Kyle Gibson having another All Star season for the after he just had one for the first time and uh, 33 years old, and, uh, and and just trying to convince themselves Rangers a the number one guy and Kutch can play left field and all that. That would probably be the worst possible scenario, right? I think regardless
1: of what happens, we kind of have to run it back. Like, oh, it was good. just kind of – I mean, what what's the big move? I mean, I, I feel like our, our rotation's set for next year, I think. I think Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, Gibson, Eflin is definitely the five next year. I don't think they'll win out, go out and sign anyone. I don't think any of those guys will be traded or anything. Where, where you could see – Turnover is, like you said, Cutch in left field. That, that's hopefully a place that they replace him. DD is shortstop, maybe a second baseman, maybe a third baseman. Stuff so like that. are going
0: to run it back?
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm saying run it back in terms of Bryce JT, Reese, uh, yeah, you know. The core. The core. Yeah, right. Bryce JT, Reese, all the starters. That, that's kind of what I mean by that. Like, I guess if that's not running it back, then then I don't know. But, yeah, I uh, it's, it's, it's funny because a week, I don't know, a week and a half ago – it started to seem like, oh, maybe the wild card is is more realistic than the division. And then, you know, the Cardinals get hot, the Braves get hot, and we get hot all at the same time. I don't know if you can call us hot, but <laughs> we, we get whatever we get. We, we we start winning games by scoring one, two runs. Uh, but I guess we scored four last night. But it's, it's frustrating. I mean, it, it's incredibly frustrating that as soon as we seem to kind of figure out our own stuff – uh, the, the leader in the wild card, the St. Louis Cardinals, have won 11 in a row, and the Atlanta Braves seemingly just hit home runs uh, repeatedly. They they open every every game with a, a home run or two in the top of the first inning or the bottom of the first inning. It seems so. Yeah, I mean, at a certain at a certain point, the Braves are going to have to lose. Like it, it's it, it, for us to have a chance, we can't just sweep them and then them run the table the rest of the way. I think we would tie, but. That's uh it's a lot of pressure on us to win every game even if we are playing the Pirates and the Marlins and the and obviously the Braves for three games. This is it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this last week. I actually had some hope that Atlanta would lose last night. Arizona had a their best pitcher going, so didn't seem to be the case and I don't know if Atlanta or St. Louis are slowing down at all.
0: What makes the St. Louis Cardinals such a great organization because it's like it feels like this happens every couple of years. Like this, would you be shocked if the St. Louis Cardinals, the hot right now, the hottest team in baseball, win the World Series? It feels like the David Freese year where he just went on an absolute tear. I think that was like eleven when they mm-hmm. won the World Series. Like, why is this organization always just like so consistently good? Like, what makes an organization so consistently good where it's like we're the Phillies and we've been in the playoffs like seven times since like nineteen
1: eighty? I think it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday with the the Sixers and the Phillies, and it's the fringes. The St. Louis Cardinals work on the fringes. They always have a good farm system. They always have someone ready to come up at every position if there's an injury. Like this year, Paul DeYoung got hurt at shortstop. They didn't really have a backup shortstop. So they bring up Edmundo Sosa, who ends up going on a tear for like three weeks and keeping them afloat. It just seems like they always also have like a 23-year-old White corner outfielder who comes up to slap thirty home runs. This time it's Tyler O'Neill. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable how many times we've seen them be like sixty-five and seventy, and it's like, oh, it's Cardinals are finally done. I guess the era of the Cardinals making the playoffs is over. And then they just they just go on they go on a run as soon as you're like, all right, it's too late for the Cardinals to go on their yearly run, and they finally do it. it I mean, it, it's absolutely insane how good that organization is my girlfriend's dad's a Cardinals fan so I have to hear about it all the time about how just amazing they are and I can't say anything they're they're incredible they they work the margins they always have good pitching they always have a good bullpen I actually their bullpen's a a little shaky this year but they've been good during this streak and I mean I might as well say it the St. Louis Cardinals have made me like in the in the ballpark of like six to eight hundred dollars over the last eight days so uh, I might be a bigger Cardinals fan than I am a Phillies fan right now at this very moment. <laughs> like, I am, I'm, I'm carded up. Like I'm ready. I'm re- I also have a, I have a Cardinals NL uh, to win the pennant bet from before the season, not at great odds. They were my pick to go to the world series because I'm an Arenado guy. Uh, and you know, maybe, maybe that is alive. I, I, for all, most of the season, I was like, wow, what a, what a dog shit bet I made before the season, uh, the Cardinals to win the NL, but who knows if they get hot, I really do think the, the, the winner of that wild-card matchup between the Dodgers and the Cardinals is going to the World Series.
0: Yeah, this is actually going to be a, a – a, if you like baseball, it's going to be a great playoffs. Like Getting the Cardinals and getting the Dodgers in the first round in the wild-card, what an insane matchup. Having the Dodgers maybe play the Giants, having the Cardinals play the Giants. The Braves are fun even without Acuna. The Brewers, they bore me to death, so mm-hmm. I, I don't I care do. about them. Um, but I mean, the AL East is coming down to the wire. That Yankees team is just exciting, uh, just mashing home runs all the time. Um, I'm trying to think who else.
1: Well, I, I, the wild card game in the AL is going to be two of the three of Toronto, New York, and Boston probably, and the, those three teams are very fun to watch. Boston can absolutely rake. Toronto's like a softball lineup. Their eighth, hit, yeah. their eighth hitters just raking for home runs, like it's pretty crazy to see. I actually think the Yankees are the the third best team out of those three and the fourth best team in their division. So we'll see if they're able to sneak into the playoffs. They did. I believe they were down three, nothing in the ninth inning last night and they scored like seven or eight unanswered or something like that. So, you know, maybe the Yankees do have a little bit of magic going on. It seems like all three of those teams uh, have had moments of getting really hot and, you know, maybe team of destiny moments. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be a really, really fun playoffs. And my pick from the, my pick to win the World Series from Jump Street in March was the Chicago White Sox. They are really, really limping into the playoffs, but I think they'll be fully healthy by the time that comes around. And that lineup is so much fun. They have so much swagger. Tim Anderson's the coolest athlete in, in professional sports. Just, just a cool guy.
0: It's so funny how they have so much swagger with probably the dorkiest, <laughs> most loser coach ever. He's like how,
1: addicted to DUIs.
0: Yeah, like how the fuck are they in? Like, are they a fun team after like he almost lost the locker room in like the second month of the year? They had Mercedes retiring. Did he ever really retire? I don't think
1: I ever followed up on that uh, that story. I- he retired, and then he came back in the minors and, like, started raking. I I haven't seen any update on that story in, like, a month or two. But I remember they, they set him down, and he was, like, oh, my God, like, red hot. And they still, like, wouldn't bring him up. That's weird. But uh, he was, he was kind of, like, one of those random, I don't know, like a Chris Coast type thing. He came up, and it was like, whoa. Uh, he got hot for, like, a 30-year-old that had never played in the big So, yeah, I mean, the, the White Sox have uh, just a ton of guys. I mean, they, like, so – I kind of feel like Tony Lewis is probably going to get some credit uh, this playoffs, but they're not going to win any more games than they won last year. They're just a slightly better team. They added Lance Lynn. Uh, they added a couple other guys. So I I really like them to win the World Series, but they're really limping in. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it does seem like a team like the Cardinals or another team that's getting hot at the right time. Uh, it seems like they're always the team that wins and maybe not the most talented or the best overall team. Did you see this
0: stat? From Joe Giglio before the game, Bryce Harper comes in tonight with 94 runs, 39 doubles, 33 home runs, and 90 walks. you are the <laughs> only outfielders in MLB history to have a 140-30-100 season. Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Barry Bonds, and Bobby Abreu. Good for Bobby. I love these stats because there's always a random guy in them, and I feel like that's, it's big during like NBA playoff season. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's like Steph Curry he's the only player to average a triple double and shoot 45% from 3 and it's like the others are Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Jason Kidd and Mo Williams and it's like <laughs> and then you're like sitting on the couch with your buddy and you turn to him and be like Mo Williams was a problem in the 06 Eastern
1: Conference Finals. <laughs> I always think of that as like Sporkle. I don't know if yeah. you were a big Sporkle yeah, guy in high school. Yeah. College. I- yeah, yeah, anytime. Uh, when when you're yeah, going through like- there, there's there's always one name where it's like, the Milwaukee Bucks, 2005, and it's always like, oh, my God, it's Michael Red. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember me and my friends always used to forget Michael Red on Smorkels when we were growing up. He was always on there for, like, points or threes, whatever it was, franchise leaders and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's always funny. I mean, Bobby Abreu was just a. I I feel like if he was around in the era in which analytics are – a big deal, Bobby Abreu would be like a God. Like you look at how much he walked and you look at, you know, his OBP, his slugging percentage, that kind of stuff. And he was just like an analytic dream for baseball. Didn't he have a 30-30 season? Yeah.
0: Which there's like only a hundred some guys that have like – I don't even know there's a hundred, but there's like only a hundred
1: some guys that have ever had a 30-30 season. I'm about to to spend my afternoon – Looking at if Bobby Abreu should make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: a lot of people underneath the tweet. They're like, Bobby Abreu, most underappreciated Philly of all time. Bobby Abreu, Hall of Famer. It's like, just show the Hall of Famer voters that kind of, uh, that stat. And you're like, all right, we'll, we'll consider it. Maybe we'll get on the veteran committee.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument. You can make an argument. I- I'd have to look at it, but... Hey, he was he was good for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of gets forgotten because uh, he was before the. I mean, yeah, he was before the '07 etc. Run. Uh, yeah. So I think it kind of gets forgotten. But those teams were fun. Those pre '07 teams, kind of building into that. Yeah, J. Roll, Utley, Howard growing up, and uh, you know Little Abreu, and Burl. Yeah, Abreu, Burl, Tome from the old regime, the old regime. I was
0: watching uh, Tome videos the other day. I don't know how I got onto it, but it was basically like the preseason before when they signed him, and uh, they showed when he came to the for his, I guess, quote unquote, recruiting trip, and they showed him around the stadium and whatnot, and he met all the union workers. I don't know if you know this story, and they and that's like kind of the reason why he came here in the in the long run. Cause his dad was like a blue collar, like union worker growing up, but all the, all the, like the, the steam fitters or the carpenters union were working on the stadium at the time. And he was driving in his limo, got out of his limo and like shook all of the, all of the union workers hands and whatnot. And that's why he, uh that's why he like originally, like that was, I guess the icing on top of the cake, why he signed. And it was like when Manny Machado met that guy out on the street before he walked <laughs> into, uh before he walked into his recruiting trip, it was like, do the right thing, Manny. Do the right thing.
1: Yeah, and he he had like Manny had an absurd outfit on in yeah. that in that video where the, where the guy what well, runs up to him. That was all time. I remember seeing that like sitting at work or whatever it was, and uh, I was like, oh man, Manny Machado's a Philly. Yeah, uh, I guess cause, getting Manny Machado. No, I can't believe he was even like entertaining it. I guess yeah. like, I guess he was just trying to bump up the bump up the Padres offer, but yeah, yeah. If, just. I'm very thankful we have Bryce Harper instead of Manny Machado.
0: Do we fill our Phillies quota? I guess so. As much as we can about this team? (laughs) (laughs) That 150 games into the season, we still don't know what this team is? We never will. So it came out yesterday from Stephen A., of all people, that uh, (laughs) Kyrie Irving, Stephen A had quite the day in terms of Sixers land. Kyrie Irving would have been traded for Ben Simmons or Sean Marks, the Nets GM, would have done the deal if it wasn't for Kevin Durant nixing it. Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving, what the hell is Daryl Morey thinking? Because we can't go trading a guy who can't comprehend shooting for a guy who can't comprehend why the earth is round. Like, if it didn't work in Boston, which is basically an extension of Northeast Philly, it's not going to work here. So now this worries me about Daryl, that he's going around shopping Ben Simmons for guys who are like Ben Simmons.
1: I'm all in. Why? This will never work. In. I'm all in. Could you imagine
0: explaining to your dad the first time Kyrie takes a a leave of absence? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot. There is just a ton you can say, like, oh, my God. Kyrie in Philadelphia would make my life just uh, forever. Like, it would be the most constantly, like, entertaining form of news in the world. Just oh. Kyrie Irving, just have that tweet alert set up on your phone. Like, he is going to be, if, if he got traded to Philadelphia, by the way, None of this is ever happening. I actually don't even believe that Sean Marks like ever would even broach this because he knows that Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn with Kyrie and you have to think that there has to be some sort of like agreement that, you know, they're there together. So I'm not saying you disagree. I
0: do. I I think uh, this makes perfect sense. Oh, I agree. I agree. If you're Sean Marks from a basketball perspective, Mm -hmm. holy shit, Ben with Kevin Durant and James Harden, is that not the best – like – tandem in the, in the NBA, tri- the the big three, like a guy who doesn't have to be relied on to score, hey, Ben, you're just going to facilitate and play defense. Like that's, ben, that's music to Ben Simmons' ears.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think from a basketball perspective, it makes perfect sense. From a basketball perspective, trading Harden for Ben Simmons makes perfect sense as well. But I just think that Sean Marks has to, like, I, I'm just curious, like Stephen A's hearing this rumor. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that Sean Marks and Daryl talked about this trade? Or is this just like Sean Marks went to Stephen A's like, man, I would love to trade Kyrie for Ben, but I can't even get on the phone about it because Kevin Durant will cut my hands off. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't know how far along this ever could have even gotten because I do think there there is obviously the rumor Kyrie would have retired uh, if he was traded. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's actually true. I think he kind of denied it too. But uh, I think just from a, from a basketball perspective, From a basketball perspective for the Sixers, I mean, Kyrie Irving is a really, really good basketball player. Kyrie Irving is, like, a far better version of the, you know, the McCollums and Proctons that we've been talking about. It's just, like, funny to, you know, put Kyrie Irving in that class because I am not a Kyrie Irving guy. Like, I am by no means a Kyrie Irving fan. I think he's a whack job. But, but you put Kyrie Irving with Joel Embiid offensively. From a basketball perspective, that is disgusting. That is yeah. a disgusting offense with Kyrie Irving. And I think we're I think we're the best team in the league.
0: Unfortunately, you can't look at it from a basketball perspective. Because there's so much that comes with Kyrie. I mean, what's he gonna do? Sage the Wells Fargo Center. People are like, what is this Looney Tune doing? I think we need to.
1: I think it's I a were- good idea. <laughs> we lost the last two games there to fucking Atlanta. We were up 26 in game five. Maybe we need some. We need some sage around the arena. Put some where I was sitting.
0: That's true. They're, they're, still, they're still finding confetti from the Boston Celtics series. Oh. But going back to your dad, like, <laughs> hey, why is Kyrie sitting out? And you have to explain to him that, like, it's because he thinks he's an ancestor of, like, sitting bull, and he's, like, oppressed. <laughs> and, like, that, you're going to tell your dad and all the dads around the Delaware Valley that Kyrie, you know, he, you need to have an, you dad, you need to have an open mind. Kyrie needs to work on his chakras. And you're like, what the? Like, do you imagine explaining that to like the guys from Delco and Northeast? There's going to be a guy like John from Mayfair. He's going to call into Mikey Miss and be like, yeah, Mike, I was scrolling on the Instagram. My daughter set up for me, for me and my wife, Mary Ann, to, to look at <laughs> pictures of the grandkids. For some reason in the Northeast, everybody's aunt or mother has a hyphenated version of the, of the name Mary, Mary Pat, Mary Ann. I don't understand why. There's no creativity over there. He's like, Mike, I'm scrolling Instagram, and and I see Kyrie Irving blabbering on about sitting bull. And you know what, Mike? You're right. Him sitting is bull. And it's just like, oh, my God. He's like, did you know, Mike, the Indians got reparations and a bunch of land from the the government. You think that's being oppressed? That's not being oppressed. My father, who, who was the only Irish guy in a South Philly Italian neighborhood, that's oppression in the sixties. Did he complain? And by the way, I want to say all lives click. <laughs> Ty sitting there, his mouth is just like
1: <laughs> He blocked him on Twitter before he could even before he could even finish the before he could even finish the call.
0: Mike's like talking about it, and, and, and Ty just is his lap dog like, you're right, Mike. You're right, Mike. Oh my Mike's god. Mike's just Mike's
1: just pouring coffee on himself like yeah. like usual. Uh, oh. No, I, yeah, I think it would be downright hilarious. to. And by the way, if it happens, I will troll the world, and I would be a mental health advocate. And I would be like, oh. if Kyrie's sitting out, I'd be like, well, you know, some things are just bigger than sports. Some Something. things are just more important than sports. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mental health is, is, uh, is the most important thing to any of us. Uh, no, so. Carson, <laughs> uh, Kyrie Irving would
0: make Carson and and, and Ben... Look like, I don't know, just a disgruntled
1: player just wanting to leave. Like JD Drew, it would look like JD Drew. Oh, it would be a mess. It would be a mess, unless, you know, unless we win 65 games and win a title and then Kyrie Irving buys, uh, you know, I don't know, the Liberty. No, belt. because Man. the lead up
0: to it's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be like Mike Missinelli or, or Cataldi or fucking, I don't know, one of the other radio guys are going to be like, do you think Kyrie will play in the playoffs after he missed? 20 games this this year and we're still you know 59 and 23
1: no yeah i mean he's there's no way this is happening but it, it is funny to think about because from a basketball perspective it's a perfect fit and from oh, a you, basketball and from a and from a personality perspective it's the worst fit in in sports i mean yeah. it's the worst fit in sports if you care
0: about mental health so much, how would you care about me and your mental
1: health? <laughs> oh, I, this would this would do this would do numbers for my mental health if if I could if I could get Ben Simmons out out of here to stop having to deal with him his discourse and have to deal with a new insane person. Uh, I this is this is like I mean this is just what we're meant to do as Sixers fans. We're meant to sit around and argue about personalities and and, and if someone is actually invested in playing for the Sixers or not and uh, it's.
0: Kyrie burning awesome. sage in the locker room. That Kyle Newbeck article would be absolutely hilarious when, yeah. So Joel B would just watch him burn sage and just have the, the most quizzical look on his face. Or if he got, like, he got Joel into, like, yoga. He got the team into yoga. They're doing yoga on the Wells Fargo center floor.
1: Not bad. Get Tyrese Maxey into, like, cult. And just yeah, get him into yeah. a cult, and just you know, poison his young, impressionable mind. Tyrese Maxey in a cult. <laughs> he will join the one with uh, with Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins in a cult. Allegedly, allegedly, Sammy Watkins, big time cult guy. He gave he gave a really weird interview after they won the Super Bowl about like his personal life and. He's like demons following him around and stuff, and it is wild. It's really long though. It's like you have to set aside like an hour to read the article. Wow, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. The fat face Sammy Watkins? Yeah, Sammy Watkins, Ravens receiver, maybe the best receiver Lamar Jackson's ever played with. Cold guy, probably, probably. Oh my God,
0: Kyrie Irving at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. That press conference, that, that introduction, I would maybe stop watching the Sixers. I i couldn't believe this was real. I do believe uh, this is real. Hey, good on Hey, good on Stephen Steven A, though. Like, this is good for the Sixers. Like, plan to see yeah, Kyrie's yeah. head that Sean Marks doesn't want him. I'm sure that won't fester and come up during a losing stretch in the midseason.
1: Well, you know, Kyrie is just like a really level-headed guy. And, I mean, he's just someone who really – Misunderstood. Easy going. Um, good teammate, great teammate. Um, guy want to get a beer with? hard worker. Uh, this is a loyal a loyal guy, Kyrie Irving. Uh, so I don't think you have to worry about that kind of stuff with Kyrie.
0: Imagine getting a beer with with, with Kyrie. You go to the bar, you would be like, "You got
1: Kim, kombucha?" No, 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 Kyrie, this is a this is a bar. It's so he, he goes he tells the bartender, "So so what does government mean to you?"
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you believe in Illuminati? <laughs> like, dude, I'm just trying to pour beer. What do you want? I'll you ever tried I DMT?
1: Like- <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Holy shit! Uh you know what? I was I kind of would just love it for the entertainment factor, like you oh, said, hundred percent,
1: percent. By I the way, one. you mentioned you mentioned it, Stephen A. What a wait, he was just like. You know what? I used to work at the Inquirer. It's a Philly Wednesday. I'm dropping heat. I'm having Doc on. I'm Kyrie rumors, Portland rumors. He's like, you know what? I'm back. And I'm I'm fillier than ever. I'm fillier you, than ever.
0: You think they drew straws in the Camden practice facility to who was gonna have to go in first take, or was it always gonna be Doc?
1: No, I think Doc and Stephen A are buddies. I, also, I think he was promoting a podcast. I didn't even know about that. Who Doc was? Yeah, he's on a new podcast. I didn't actually watch the whole thing. I watched like clips and stuff from it and yeah. wa- and read Newbeck's piece and, and read some, some articles about it, but I didn't uh, I didn't watch it, but The stuff I did see out of it was just Doc Rivers blatantly lying through his teeth about what he said a couple months ago, which is just, you know, it's always good when Doc Rivers is talking and saving face about a press conference in which he was talking and saving face a couple months ago. Uh, I mean, it's just impressive the ways in which Doc Rivers is a hypocrite. It's too long of a list to start. Um, So, I mean, I don't have much to say other than fuck Glenn Rivers. I'm done. I'm fed up.
0: I, I think Doc has early on said Alzheimer's.
1: Uh, he's got some problems, man. I, I don't know. Dude, he mis- he totally misquoted himself
0: talking about uh, his answer to Ben, saying that was the first question, and Newbeck obviously saying it was the fifth question. Yeah. And you don't think Doc Rivers has gone back to look at what he said? Like, Doc, we, we have technology now. This isn't like 1995 and you're on like the Atlanta Hawks. Like – we have technology to go back and, and, and watch your clip. And it was like, yeah, you, you kind of buried the kid. I understand. Like, I, I I don't know. I think Ben Simmons is kind of soft. If that's the, the one that, you know, sent him up the flagpole, but he also uh, told a story about his former teammate named Sean Elliott. He played with in San Antonio, who was traded in 1993.
1: He's the worst. He's the worst announcer in the NBA. Not even close. He's the Spurs, He's the Spurs announcer. He is a disgrace to the NBA.
0: Is he worse than the Wizards announcer who came after Ben before we knew Ben wanted to leave? Yes. Yes. Wow. I, I like that
1: Wizards announcer. He had some, he had some courage some convictions. Good for that guy. <laughs> that guy is is smelling like roses right now. Yeah. So it's just a crick, to be quite honest. Oh, stop it.
0: I hate um, her. I hate
1: her guts, but, I mean, she might have been right.
0: <laughs> so this, this Sean Elliott guy, he told a story about how he played in San Antonio – Got traded in 1993, failed his physical didn't want to come back to San Antonio ended up having to come back and they won the championship uh, a, a modern day romance, a modern day love story. the only problem was there was like ten chapters to the story and and doc just like skipped nine of them like there was uh it's like the guy who like was doing a book report and the book report was due. The next day, and he's like, I'll read the last two chapters, try to get a gist of it, see if I can eke out a C. It turns out the real story is the Spurs trade Sean Elliott to Detroit in 1993. He plays like 70-some games with Detroit. Detroit tries to trade into Houston, uh, Houston Rockets later, a year later. They do. He fails a physical and is sent back to Detroit. Then San Antonio trades for him in 1994 to get him back. And they do win a championship. But they win a championship in 1999. It's five years after they traded for Sean <laughs> Elliott. And Doc's been retired by then three years. That's this is insane. the guy who was sent to do the State of the Union on the Sixers, and he can't even get his story right.
1: That's insane, actually. I also didn't know Sean Elliott was a top three pick in the NBA draft. In the, I don't in know the, who Sean 80s. Elliott is. But Sean Elliott. But yeah, yeah, no, that's an insane story. And just, it, it's, this is concerning. This dock stuff is concerning. There was no upside to going on first take.
0: We had by the balls. We had clutch by the balls, Mark.
1: What what was the goal? What was the goal of coming on? I don't even understand, really. I don't either. Is that just, like, Stephen A. cashing in a favor? Like, is that just, Uh, like, this is in the news and we're friends, so you have to come on? Like, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does it tell you about, like, the sports, the sports media in our, in our city, that Doc can't go on 97.5 or 94 WIP or go to the Philly Voice or go to the Inquirer or just go to some other medium where he could promote his podcast. I understand First Take has more of a national audience that people might be interested in. But like how is Doc Rivers not like, doing this stuff locally? Like, You're exactly right. What the hell were they thinking him going on? Everybody in the court of public opinion was on the Sixers' side. I don't think it swayed much, but like it swayed a little bit. He sounded like an idiot up there. He was like, all he said was, I would love to get Ben back. Would you have loved to get Ben back when Daryl Moore was shopping him for James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, or picks? Or how about when he was shopping him for Spurs for four first-rounders and three pick swaps? Or you definitely loved Ben Simmons when everybody in the organization signed off of it. When they were trading him for including Joel Embiid when they were when they were trying to trade for him for James Harden. Like, why are the Sixers trying to mend fences with Ben Simmons? Like, I understand they want to bring him back to increase his trade value, but all they're going to do is work on mending these relationships. And then the first trade rumor is going to come out, and Ben's going to get pissed off. It's going to ruin everything they spent so long mending. They can, they can say how much they want him coming back, but they don't want him back. Nobody wants him back. The city doesn't want him back. We know the organization doesn't want him back. He's been involved in like five different trade scenarios. So they're mending fences just to tear these fences down.
1: Yeah, I don't mind the whole we want him back thing just because I think it's it's a terrible attempt and trying to help trade value. So that I don't care as much about. The thing I care about is just the lying. There's no reason to lie. I mean, I, I don't know what he's supposed to say. Maybe it's just that you know I answered a question. How I I, I didn't I didn't think much about it. I was upset after a loss. Like I, I don't know what you say, but That's you don't not just bad, Mark. lie. That's
0: better than what he said, Mark. You right there, just kind of going off the top of your head, was better than what he said in a thirty-minute interview yesterday.
1: And, and yeah, and if I was Ben, and I've said this before about that exact comment from Doc, I would be pissed too. Doc Rivers yeah. spent, the, he spent the entire season trying to lecture reporters about how they had if they were writing negative stuff about Ben Simmons, they didn't know basketball. And, and I agreed with him a lot of the time. A lot of the times I did think that the criticism of Ben Simmons went too far when he was here. I, I've said that many times. But you can't do that all year long. You can't come at reporters. You can't defend this man. You can't say oh, well, you guys better appreciate him while he's here. You guys better appreciate him before he's gone. Like, you can't say all this stuff, and then the first sign of, uh, you know, whatever, the first sign of of a blow-up, you can't immediately be like, yeah, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he's the point guard that can lead us to the championship after telling everyone they were stupid for thinking otherwise. So that just puts it in a situation where it's like, what are you saying that's truthful? What are you saying that you believe? Because you told us for a year this thing. Do you believe that and you got upset with a loss? Or did you lie to us for a year? Did you lie to the media and Ben Simmons for a year? And then as soon as, by the way, you lost. And part of this, part of the reason you lost was because you did a horseshit job. He did a horseshit job in that Atlanta series. And the immediate reaction by him is to bury someone else to yeah. save his own face. In my opinion, I think that's 100% what that was. And I mean, it's uh, I don't know what Doc thinks anymore. I don't know what he feels. I don't know what is true. I uh, it's just and I would feel the same way if I was a player that had had a relationship with him all year, I'd feel that way if I was a media reporter. It's like the media has to go has to go ask this guy questions in a press conference now whenever that's coming up and it's like none of those things hold any weight. If he's just immediately in a week or two, he's going to say, well, that's not what I said. It's like, there's fucking cameras, Doc. There's cameras. Everyone heard what you said. You can't say you didn't say it. It's just – it's it's so frustrating. I am so done with Doc, and I'm disappointed in Daryl for letting this all go on because I believe in Daryl Morey. I think he's a great GM. I think he's handled the situation fine. I mean, there, there's a ton of criticism that he's not gone yet. Whatever. You have to get the right deal. I don't know. If Daryl signed off on this, uh, this I don't to know. This could be a
0: Josh Harris move. It just feels like a Josh Harris move. Like we have to get out there in front of the situation, yeah. and Daryl's like, "No, we don't." And Josh is just like, "I mean, it's just, it just feels like a very, um, what's uh, private equity kind of move where yeah. it's like, it, we got to get out. We can't have any PR. We're trying to build up this business, and we're trying to flip it. I don't know. I, I, I can't see Daryl doing this." Like I feel like if Daryl if was behind it, he would have gone on like a Bill Simmons podcast yeah. or a Rosillo podcast. He would have gone on something that he knew. The, he would Lowe. have got some fastball. Zach Lowe. He would have got some fastball questions, but he would have been able to manipulate them in a way, and he knew those guys wouldn't press, press, press. Going on Stephen A. Stephen A. doesn't give a fuck. That's what makes him so good. That's what makes him a $10 million man. Stephen A. doesn't give a fuck if you're his friend or not. He wants one thing and one thing only. I mean, he just he just kicked Max Kellerman out, and didn't even show up on his last day. I know he had surgery. I don't care. It's hilarious that he sh- did not even show up on his last day. He had to call in to say bye to Max Kellerman.
1: Do Steve they a have a care. Do they have a, a new co host yet? I actually don't know. I don't watch first State. It's
0: been like Michael Irvin, and uh, he has been like running through people. It actually the format I kind of liked with uh, with Stephen A. like talking to Doc like in, as a
1: screen. Like I thought it was actually yeah. not a bad. I actually well, thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Stephen A's great. I like you can say whatever you want about Stephen A and he's like, you know, he he is what he is. Like he can't, you can't can't take him too seriously as a journalist or a reporter or anything. He's tremendously entertaining. Like I, I love I love Stephen A. I would never watch First Take, but uh, in terms of like as a YouTube video guy or like, you know, clips on Twitter, Stephen A is just a godsend uh mm-hmm. for for sports Twitter. But yeah, I heard it was Michael Irvin. I heard that's I heard that's what they wanted to do long term, which I don't necessarily know if that's very smart that's all i'll say
0: <laughs> they're they're like doing tryouts right now yeah. but yeah going back to this does not feel like it It doesn't feel like a daryl move no um it doesn't feel like someone who would be swayed by pr it feels like it came down from the top saying like we have to get in front of this and it's like you have nothing to get in front of everybody's on your side
1: yeah fine i mean him to all hell yeah they, and i think they will they're going to find him but it's just like what else? What else can we do? I mean, uh, the NBA has to has to step in at some point, and I hope that that NBA stepping in doesn't mean, you know, the Sixers have to trade him for a poo-poo platter. I hope it means the NBA gets on the phone with Rich Braces Paul and says, "Hey, asshole, stop being an idiot. Like, yeah. s- stop hurting your client actively in terms of the, p- the court of public opinion and his future in the NBA." Uh, I mean. It's it's a mess, and it's a mess that the NBA has to keep tabs on. I don't know if you saw this. Actually, I, I should have sent this to you before the pod, but there was a report. I don't know if it was, like, a Reddit posting on, like, a New Orleans Pelicans, uh, uh, like, Reddit thing. or It seems like it's pretty legit, though. It's someone with inside sources. And the way that they were painting that Pelican situation is, like, as bleak and dark as you could, like, ever hope. Like, David Griffin and Zion don't talk in the bubble. David Griffin, like brought Zion into his room and like played him the piano or some shit, like just some weird, weird stuff. And like Zion's like, apparently just completely unwilling to diet, just completely unwilling to listen to anything the Pelicans say. So there's already some concern that he's going to force that trade in his first year of his second contract, uh, a la Ben Simmons. And that's going to be to New York or something like that. And I think for the case of that, and for the case of, we we talked about it before the NBA has interest in guys not sitting on a four-year deal yeah. i mean th- there's they they don't want guys sitting on a four-year deal that would help ratings that would help merchandise sales that would help anything and i mean he's it looks like he's gonna sit and uh, i've already heard there was a i have i have a source uh, i'll say I that love when you bring your sources out yeah i i have a source that the nba owners are already starting to pressure the nba you know to try to get this situation resolved now, I don't know what that means. I actually didn't love the wording of the source. The source, to me, seemed like put some pressure on the Sixers to trade Ben already, mm. uh, which which seems like complete fucking bullshit if that's how the NBA I mean, reacts to that this. Would it
0: surprise you no. I mean,
1: with them coming in and, and, and taking Hinky out and putting in a, a puppet? No, it would be terrible, but it wouldn't be surprising at all. The NBA stepped in to absolutely hammer us one time. Hopefully, they can step in. And, you know, maybe help us out. But even if that's the case, like I, I was thinking about this yesterday, and it's like if the NBA steps in and it's like, Ben, you need to come play. You need to come play for the Sixers. Ben's just going to fake an injury. Ben's just going to come back and not try and say something's wrong. and that back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can easily say after a game, oh, my back is tweaked. Like I can't come back and play. Yeah. I, so Obviously. I don't even necessarily know how that would work. You said it perfectly, I think, on Wednesday where it's like this
0: team could just rally around him not being here. Like I think it's good that he's he doesn't come. Like that's fine. Sit. Like we'll just find you, and this team will just rally around what it wants to rally around.
1: Like, yeah, I I can't get this thought out of my brain of Ben sitting and us being like fifteen and 5 or like like twenty and eight. Like oh, I could easily see that. And I, I think a big part of it is you know you have Tyrese. You hope he's stepping into a starting role, and you hope that he has a a pretty normal jump year one to year two. And you look at his per thirty sixes; he was averaging. 19 5 and 4 on per 36 numbers as a rookie. So if you just bump those minutes up and you get you expect average, like extremely average progression as an NBA player, that could be like a 20 point, you know, six assists, five rebounds guy a game. And that's that, that's not projecting very hard either. So and then you also have a guy like Matisse Thibel, who obviously is very interesting, a very fantastic basketball player, especially defensively, but with Ben Simmons here, his limitations were a little stronger with when he could play, who he could play with, or what combinations he was best with. I think there's a chance that we see, you know, a more valuable Matisse Thybul if Ben Simmons isn't around. And I also think, uh, last but not least, I, I said for the entirety of last year to the point where people were trying to get a restraining order for Dwight Howard against me, that the whole backup center thing was a complete t- catastrophe last year. I said it the whole regular season. That, I, that was my only worry for the playoffs. It came in... Really ended up being very worrisome. Uh, so a couple people have admitted that I was right there, but Ben was a big part of that. You can't play Ben and Dwight together. You can't. You especially can't play Ben Matisse and Dwight together. And you can barely play Ben and Matisse together. So the fact that our backup big is now going to be dealing with a normal basketball team, theoretically with you know a Maxi, a Curry, a Shake Milton, I, I don't know guys that aren't six foot eleven point guards who don't shoot. And it's just going to be much more interesting to see like a normal basketball team. like and that's not a, that's not a shot at Ben Simmons. Like I've said it many times. He's a unique talent. He's extremely valuable and in the right situation with the right pieces around him. I think he's like probably a top 30 player in the league still. But I, I mean, uh, I think it's it's pretty easy to see the ways that this team can improve with just not even with replacing him, with just him sitting out because we have such young guys who have paths to improvement and such young guys who kind of were being blocked by Ben Simmons' development. So hopefully Andre Drummond I think is a, a top five, top ten backup center in the league, and if you put him with normal guards, hopefully he does that, and hopefully on the games that Joel is out, he plays a lot of minutes and he steps up in those roles and earns himself some money next year. I mean, I I don't know if that'll happen, but there's just a a ton of reasons to expect that this team could be better even without them.
0: Hmm. Build around their MVP center. I love that. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, you just kind of jazzed me up for the season coming in in a week. I wasn't really jazzed up for it, but now I kind of am. Let's move over to one more thing before we get out of here. Uh, I think Mike Chappell is his name. Let's just call him Mike Chappell. Uh, This is – it's it's scary to watch from the outside looking in. Uh, the excuses that some of the indie beat writers are making for Carson Wentz that some of our beat writers when he was here in Philly made for him that uh, I you everyone made for him. Um, I don't have the tweet on me. Do you have it on you by any chance?
1: Um, let me pull it up real quick. I mean he. I have it. No, uh, it's pretty It's pretty sad. I mean, <laughs> it's like Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, I have it.
0: Um, so Mike Mike Chappell, Mike Chappell, whatever the hell his name is, he quote tweeted Mike Lombardi, who I don't know where we're at with Mike Lombardi, but it doesn't matter he won a <laughs> Super Um, He quoted... Mike Lombardi saying you have to have dependability at the QB position. The Colts don't have it with Wentz. And Mike Chappell, who's an indie beat writer, he works for Fox 59 CBS 4 sports. He's been covering the Colts since eighty four. A real man's man, a real guy's guy, kind of the real fame friend. voter. Hall of Fame voter. Hall of man, no one likes to flex more than a Hall of Fame voter. <laughs> um he quote tweeted saying six sacks, 15 additional QB hits. This isn't a Wentz issue. It's an O-line issue. He's just getting beat up as a result of it. That is – put put in your beat reporter. Rube, Rob Motti, Zangaro, like all of them besides Elliott Short-Parks and I think Jeff McLean. Like
1: there- – there's so many comments under it backing him up, too, from other N D B reporters. Like, you're absolutely right, man. Ir- irresponsible by Lombardi. And it's like, th- those numbers give his point. Like, <laughs> like, oh. it's, it's like,
0: it isn't magic that every O-line becomes absolute dog shit when, when Wentz gets to the team. Like, he holds onto the ball too long. He tries to extend plays too much. He's careless with his body. He's careless with the ball. He's an absolute madman, and I love to watch him play. I really do. And because he plays so tough, I think, people become enamored with him because they're, like, in love with the idea of what he can be and not the player he is. He's just an old-school football type. You're old-school uh, Steve Youngs and is guys that, like, you know, get concussions and stay in and play, guys that somehow almost break both ankles and not one ankle. Like, when it comes to Carson Wentz, and injuries, he goes to the tenth degree. He goes to the maximum effort he can. One ankle, fuck you. Two
1: ankles, it's it's unbelievable. The whole two ankles thing, uh, it's it, it you can't write this, you really can't make this up. Like you really can't. It's oh my god. And now he's gonna, he's gonna play. He's gonna imagine, play. I know.
0: Imagine putting him. Uh, imagine we don't do that trade uh, last year, and he's he's wearing midnight green right now. Between the COVID stuff between the foot injury, now these two ankle injuries, they're 0-2. He looks okay. He's throwing, but but he's throwing um, shovel pass interceptions on the goal line. Oh, but and, and mix this with the Ben Simmons stuff. The, the entire city would be on fire. Yeah. The, the, the Schuylkill would be on fire. There'd be oil, a layer of oil on, on the Schuylkill, and people just burning it down. Like, Fairmount Park would be disintegrated. This is – when you're talking to Mike Chappelle about Carson Wentz, he says, Mike, listen, it's like it's like you're trying to, like, warn your buddy about this girl he's trying to date, and and she cheated on her ex-boyfriend with your buddy – She's a serial cheater, everybody knows. And it's probably not smart for him to date her, but he's telling you how different she is, and she's a grown person now. Only for, that, for then for him to be cheated on in two months for the fir- after he goes home to see the family for the first weekend they're away from each other. And you don't really want to say, I told you so. You kind of just want him to f- figure it out on his own. That's what it feels like with, with the indie writers and, 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 uh, and Carson Wentz right now. This
1: was th- this was the moment where I was like, you know what? Maybe the O line isn't the problem. <laughs> so, this was that moment because uh, if I have the right video here, yeah, you do the one where he holds onto the ball and like runs yeah. backwards. What are you doing? Like, what is that? I remember watching live, and I was I think they ended up winning that game actually. Uh, I think that was the Benzanucci game, but uh, I remember watching that live, and I was just like. The guy was running after him for like 15 yards. It's like he <laughs> straight, <it>. straight out. <laughs> like, he could have not have seen it. Like it, it's, oh my God. Like being like,
0: on the highway and be like, there's a car down. There's a car down two miles down the road. It looks like it's headlights are coming towards us. Should we pull over? It's like, no, just keep going. <laughs> stay the course. <laughs> yeah. Stay the course.
1: Like, that that was the moment where I was like, this isn't the O-line, this isn't the blocking, this isn't the receivers, and maybe that does all play a part. He had, like, 10 seconds on that play in the pocket and then scrambles out of the pocket and gets more time and still can't make it happen. And it's just I've seen that too many times. I've seen too many indefensible, indefensible plays at this point where I don't care if you're a Carson Wentz guy, a Carson Wentz hater, there's no way you can point at that play and say, you know, that's anyone's fault but Carson's.
0: Oh, the when I was down there on Sunday, I couldn't have, I couldn't believe some of the Carson Wentz jerseys that were there. I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, were you just getting like ripped apart? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> it was like deservedly. So <laughs> like move on. Yeah. Then people oh. calling for him to come back after Jalen Hurts, like has like 82 yards, 169 passing yards. It's like, eh.
1: yeah, that was like an average. That was like actually a better game than Carson Wentz might have had last year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons is going to be the same way. The, the Ben Simmons' jerseys at the game, there's going to be a ton still. Obviously, I, I think I already saw the first uh, duct tape the word pussy over Simmons and, and put yeah. it on a jersey. Get oh a life. But w- whatever. I, I have some jerseys that I can't repurpose, I guess, so I, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I guess, like, what, what are we going to turn the Simmons jersey into? Embiid?
1: Uh, a Sixers-Shady McCoy throwback yeah. uh, jersey. <laughs> 21 yeah, players. Is. Hmm. Elliot yeah, Williams.
0: as a process Sixer. Xavier Silas. Darius Singala. <laughs> Rodney Carney. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson? Yeah. Legends. Yeah, not a not a not an illustrious history of 25s <laughs> in Sixers history. Rodney Carney. Darius Singala. Darius Sangala. Holy shit.
1: Names. those were like
0: the Eddie Jordan years, I think.
1: Princeton offense, baby. Ugh, 2011. I don't know if that was Eddie Jordan or not. No, nah, yeah. that would have been that would have been after, I think. I think Eddie Jordan would have been earlier. I might be wrong, man. But yeah, Mike Chappelle, man. Just, just,
0: I can't wait till he comes to the realization one day that the light bulb just goes off. Mike's popping his head off the pillow. He's like, yeah, maybe this Carson Wentz isn't good. Maybe he's not. Maybe he does hold on to the ball too long. Maybe it isn't the offensive line's problem. I just love it because all we heard about was the offensive line was just like this awesome offensive line. I know Costanzo retired and whatnot, but
1: Yeah, I never bought in. I just never I never bought into the O line. Maybe it is a really good O line, and maybe he just maybe he's the problem. Who knows? Maybe the wide receivers suck. Or maybe That's, Carson Wentz sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last part we know already, in my opinion. I love, hey. He's
0: fighting to get us that 75% of snaps, and you know what? <laughs> Hats off to you, Carson.
1: Yeah, um, I had a buddy who was like, we were the third pick from the Colts, and this pick, and this pick, and it's like, well, yeah, well, good thing Carson Wentz doesn't have two sprained ankles already. Like, I'm no, no chance he misses a game down the stretch. Who are they playing this week? Titans? Um, yeah, Titans. Titans. Oh, great. Clowney coming off the side. Oh, <laughs> Clowney. He's going to have, he's going to have, like, well, uh, oh my God! I can't. Why can't I think of the word? So He's gonna have his face into the ground. Uh, like, what's the army? If you're in the army, you have uh, like flashbacks. PTSD. PTSD. Jesus, that, <laughs> that should have came to my brain sooner. Karzovitz <laughs> gonna have PTSD uh, about the concussion getting his head driven into the Lincoln Financial turf. Do we play him next year? I'm trying to think.
0: There's a chance we do.
1: I know it's not the West. It's not the East. It's either them or the – it's either them or – no, we We just played Cincy. I think it's them. Yeah, I think it's the AFC South next year. All
0: right. Well, that's the podcast. Good luck. Good luck, Philadelphia. <laughs> Good luck, fans of Philadelphia sports teams. You need it. We need it. Holy <laughs> shit. The last 24 hours – we recorded a podcast yesterday on Wednesday, recording this on Thursday. And it, I feel like my whole entire world has just been upended after Doc went on to Stephen A.
1: We didn't even mention Stephen A saying that McCollum and Covington and Picks are probably coming to Philly for that's Ben Simmons. That's by me. I, I mean, it, it's funny that, like, that's not even a real, like, he said so much. Yeah. Like, in the last, last months, two months, we've been so starved for Ben Simmons news and content Stephen A. dropped so much in the span of an hour on first take that he, like, slipped in a realistic trade that we've all been talking about for, like, four months, and everyone's like, I don't give a shit about that. What about Kyrie Irving? Like, it's pretty funny to me. Like, he Look, dropped so, so many Sixers nuggets.
0: shiny thing over here. <laughs> 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 all right, Mark. The skydiving... Uh, we, still don't, we still don't have a sponsor. If I told you it is it is the hardest thing to get in touch with the skydiving uh marketing team would you believe me not many skydiving places in the city either or around the area
1: my take on skydiving is it's a it's like a pick up and move business like if you kill a guy in north dakota like you're moving to oregon like that's a new marketing team that's a new uh skydiving this isn't a great this isn't a great <laughs> this isn't a great pitch to to the marketing teams of the skydiving but yeah i mean it's like uh you know it's like the the rigging in stadiums like uh, that's a terrible another no that's actually not bad owen hart like i think of owen hart uh because i've listened Mm. to way too many documentaries and podcasts about the owen hart tragedy for wwf where they rigged him and he fell but i mean i feel like there's got to be a ton of. Thing. I mean, Spider Man. I remember on Broadway had a ton of issues. Uh, I mean, that was. I think that has to be kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like those. That's another business like that. You, you can't get in touch with those kind of people. They 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 move in the shadows. They they make as much money as they can before they kill someone.
0: Can I be honest with you? This, this the, the 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 skydiving team that I have my eyes set on. They might have changed their name because uh, ten years ago, somebody passed away.
1: I don't know Um, if I can green light that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Shoot malfunctions.
1: That seems like the only kind of malfunctions there would be. It seems like the main malfunction I'd be worried about.
0: You still watch – hey, you still watch wrestling and uh, Owen Hart, you know, he died. Don't
1: make this a morality play against me. I'm just saying. I know I'm not. I know I'm I'm
0: Once, Dude, once you change your name and – you become a different skydiving corporation. The problems go away.
1: It's like being baptized in the skydiving industry.
0: Exactly, Ex- exactly. So, hey, listen. If you're if you haven't been around, if this is the first time you're ever listening to, uh, everything's fine. Uh, we do a gambling segment here. Uh, I am three and two,
1: and I think are you five and one?
0: You're three and three,
1: sir. No, you, you didn't pick five games and I picked six
0: <laughs> that's true uh, I'm three and three and you're five and one five and two five and one yeah Jesus Christ um Marcus five and one whoever loses at the end of the year has to go skydiving and is looking like your boy right now but hey I feel good about this week
1: go I ahead. will also say it, it- Kyle turned this down last week. I offered the Auburn Penn state game as our third bet. I think Kyle (laughs) took a loser instead. And then I substituted in, I believe the Patriots who ended up being a winner. So I know big big swing there could have been tied. I know. I know it was, no, it could have been tied. I would have been one and two. No, you would, you would have. Yeah. But you would have been four and two overall. And I would have been four and two overall. That's how it's like. That's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. All right. You're five and one. I'm three and three. I got an uphill battle to climb. Mark, you go first. Give me your first.
1: Um, I'm I'm going to start it off because I've talked about it so many times. Uh, I'm going to start it off with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going plus three. Wow, uh, Atlanta Falcons plus three. Interesting stat here. Daniel Jones four and ten against the spread on or at home. Ten and four against the spread on the road. Weird, weird numbers there. Mm. Uh, you don't see that often whatsoever. I think he um, looked really good
0: last weekend. I would. Is it weird that I was impressed with Daniel Jones?
1: No, it was the most impressed I've ever been with him. So naturally, I think he's coming out and laying an egg this week. Uh, and and I think that everyone's on the Giants. Yet this line's mm-hmm. not moving. Everyone I've seen likes the Giants. I mean, John Jansen's in love with the Giants. I mean, he's a Daniel, he's a Daniel Jones homer as we know. Ugh. But but I, everyone I know is all over the Giants. The Falcons are they, they they're bad. I'm not going to tell you the Falcons are a good team, but. That game was 28-25 with Atlanta in the fourth quarter, throw pick six. That was a close game. They had a chance Mm -hmm. to maybe tie that up if if they don't throw a pick six there. Uh, Obviously, big if there. But I I think that this could be a close game. I think they're going to throw all over New York. New York's DBs have looked terrible in the first two weeks. Heineke, I mean, I'm a believer, but I didn't think 300, you know, whatever, 320 yards. And I, I think, you know. Matt Ryan with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, they kind of got it going a little bit more last week. They, Especially as the game progressed, they got it more to Pitts. They got it more to Ridley, and that's got to be the focus. They can't run the ball, so they have to get it to Pitts and Ridley as much as possible. I don't think the Giants have the guys to take them out of the game, so I'll go Falcons plus three, uh, and I feel pretty good about that one. That might be – it's one of my two best bets for sure. Kyle Pitts, bad number. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think it looks weird. Uh, it's the college fan in me. I, I'm I'm used to it. I feel like everyone else hates it. I feel like it's gonna go back to the same as it used to be next year. Just too big. Too big to be. What is he? Two? Eight? 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 Eight.
0: Yeah, just too big. Um, my first one. We talked about this. I think earlier offline. Uh, offline. Jesus Christ. Like I'm like a, a corporation. We'll talk about this offline. Um, Seahawks minus one and a half. I don't understand this line. I don't know why it's there. Uh, Dalvin Cook is injured. And uh, Russell Wilson has never lost to the Vikings. Seahawks have allowed the second most rush yards. Dalvin Cook not being there—that is a—that uh, is—he'll uh, probably play, uh, honestly. But this, I like—I like Seahawks minus one and a half. I think Mike Zimmer. We're getting the hot seat talk. People in Absolutely. people in Minnesota, not too happy with Mike Zimmer. Um, yeah, I just not calling a good game right now. All right, you lose to the Bengals, the baby Bengals, and then you lose to Arizona. And uh, he comes out and buries the kicker. That's never good. Um, even though uh, Todd Haley once said, good job, you fucking kicker. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much for the Seahawks minus one and a half, but
1: it's just it's a it's a weird line. Well, I'm right on it with you. I mean, that's my other best bet. I mean, I I, I got it at Seahawks money line, but I'll take minus one and a half. Um, I, I think this is a weird line. Obviously, usually I would stay away because it's a weird line. But. I don't care, Russell Wilson. I I trust Mm -hmm. him. They always start the season hot. Last two years, I think they were two and one, three and zero. I I just don't see Minnesota winning this game and getting off the mat. I I mean, I heard some number that teams against the spread that are zero and two going against one and one team are 70 percent against the spread i'm throwing that out i'm going against the trends here Uh, i maybe that's why vegas is kind of scared there's a lot of trends that do point towards minnesota getting off the mat but i'll stick with seattle i'll stick with russ Uh, i just don't see how minnesota is going to stop that quarterback and i don't see how you know kirk cousins is going to handle the pressure that Seattle's going to bring when they blitz i don't know if this is a one o'clock game or a four o'clock game but
0: i'm just gonna i'm just gonna call it a one o'clock game It's a four o'clock game. It's Mm seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock. You're just like sitting there looking at your TV, like wondering how Minnesota won by like 10 points. This Mm -hmm. is this just feels like it. It's just like it doesn't make sense. So that means Vegas knows something. Or, um, what was Bill Simmons saying? This is in the Vegas zone.
1: (laughs) The Vegas Um, Vegas zone's four to four to six.
0: Oh, sorry, dude. A lot of Vegas zone games this week, a lot of fucking, um, uh, Vegas zone games where it's like I was looking at the the numbers yesterday. It's like seven and a half, six, ten and a half for the Jets and, and whoever they're playing. Like it's or ten or whatever. Um my second one, I hate it. I absolutely fucking hate it. But it's this week is this week is a tough week. This week is is going to set the tone for a lot of people. Bucks minus one and a half. I don't love it. I don't love it at all. I tried to make uh uh a, a comment where this feels like uh the the Packers uh, Bucks game from from last year because I, I just remember it vividly because I had the Bucks and they went up a quick 10 nothing then they ended up losing 38 or no I had the Packers last year. They went up a quick 10 nothing, lost 38 to, to 10. I just felt like, you know, the Bucks were dead. Obviously they're they're alive right now. It just feels like an NFC championship game. I'm gonna talk myself into Tom Brady minus one and a half. Maybe Stafford comes back down to earth, but uh, I don't love it. Um St. Louis at home, uh, but I kind of need a win and and uh I will uh I will take Tom Brady to win.
1: See, that makes me want to call an audible. Mm-hmm. Why? I wasn't gonna go with the Rams.
0: I know you hate no, I know you hate you hated this this week. You hated the good games. I remember that.
1: Yeah, I've talked myself into the Rams. I do think I'm gonna bet on the Rams, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna stay away. I'm not gonna go head to head. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Washington football team Buffalo game. This is the first time I've done this. Uh, I liked
0: that one. That was a good one. I like it. Where you going? I'm going with the over.
1: Over 45 and a half. Give fuck. Me are we ought to do over. overs. Are we? All oh, right. Is that is that against the rules? I don't know. I was That's wondering up to that. you. I don't think we instituted like, any rules. Do an over I feel like overs and unders are fine. Do an over. Yeah, I'll I'll go over. I wanted to do one a little different this week. I haven't done an over yet. Over 45 and a half. I mean. How much do I have to say? The Heineken Hive is strong. I mean, the after, Heine last King. Week, after the Heineken, I, I, who's the who's I think Bud Light wants to sponsor him, but he's holding out for Heineken right now. He has to, right? Yeah, yeah. But Heineken, get on, the get on the horn,
0: like promote your stupid zero alcohol thing. I'm pretty sure he's like a, a Mormon or something like that. I know he was like a, he had some he, he had some tweets uh, last yeah. year. I'm pretty sure he's a uh,
1: he's probably might, might be
0: a might be a zero point uh, zero non-alcoholic. Kind of, uh, kind of pitch there. They're pitching the, uh, the uh, adules, the Oduls, the uh, luxury adules. Um What do you like I about mean, it?
1: I, I mean, as a Heineken Hive leader, I, I will just say we don't endorse those tweets. We don't endorse the likes. Uh, seems like probably not. Kind <laughs> of guy those. I would get together. <laughs> likes <laughs> get aren't together endorsements. And have it, yeah. Likes aren't endorsements for the Heineken Hive. Uh, I, I'm not someone I would, you know. I don't know. <laughs> have a beer with? That's what we yeah, have, have a beer with? Have a beer with. Yeah, whatever you want to, whatever the colloquial, go, go golf 18 rounds with, whatever you want to say. I, I don't know. I'm I going would. with the over. I think Josh Allen stepped it up a little bit last week, but we still haven't seen that Buffalo offense get to its full form. We still haven't even really been able to see them run the ball consistently. So let's see what they're able to do against Washington, who that D that, those DBs did not impress me last week. Like we just said, Daniel Jones. I mean, I think that was the best game he's had in his career. Potentially Maybe I mean, yeah, probably the best game he's ever had. And, and that's not something I expected going in. And it's these DBs being this big of an issue for Washington is a hundred percent, not something I was expecting coming into the season in general. So I, I also think, you know, I don't think Buffalo's defense is as good as it looked last week or even the week before. I think Washington's going to be able to throw on them. And I think uh, the big reason I like Washington in this game, and I like the over more so primarily, I think every, I think Washington had to have heard everyone's complaints about Antonio Gibson over the last two weeks. His efficiency is just so insane. And they just refuse to use him at like a satisfactory level of volume. And I, I need to see it. Give me Antonio. I don't even have him in fantasy. I don't care, really. But just from like a football perspective, he's too good for them to be using J.D. McKissick as much as they do, and uh, they need to give him like 20 carries. They need to really use him as a receiver out of the backfield. When he was coming out of college, he was basically a receiver, and they've basically not used him as a receiver in, in the pros. So that's something that I think they're going to try to tap into, and even if they get behind in this game, Washington, they're going to be throwing, and that's only going to help the over.
0: I love – Washington I did not take them I thought this was a Uh, you play the numbers seven and a half weird number so I uh I I didn't take them this is my bobbit bet if I had to put my dick on the line and uh and and cash out on something Tennessee Titans minus five I I'm not even trying to bury Carson Wentz at this at this point but I get to bet against Carson Wentz with two bad ankles he's gonna play but or I get to bet against Clowny or a bet four clowny coming off the end. You know. Carson Wentz having a little PTSD. Um, Brett Hunley, he's a practice squad quarterback. He was taking first team reps yesterday. They're thinking about doing the two QB system with Jacob Eason and Brett Hunley. And the fact that this is minus five, and I hope everybody can get this at minus five. It's Friday and it's still minus five. I can't believe it's not even off the board. Um Titans have too much offense. Derrick Henry, uh, he's turned into a dual-threat quarterback or running back. I don't know if you've seen. He's catching passes now. Uh, We've got Titan coaches. They're shaving their beards because it's soup season coming up. I mean, these guys are feeling it. I'm a chili season guy, but soup season's pretty cool. I'm not a big soup guy. I mean, the guy's shaving his beard because he do not want to get his soup in his beard. Like, that guy's just, just dialing up on a whole, whole other level. I got another stat for you. Colts have also run eight plays inside the five-yard line, which is tied for the most in the NFL. They scored zero points on those plays. Carson Wentz, baby. It's the O-line. That's his tombstone. Carson Wentz, baby. But it's the O-line.
1: Yeah, I have to send you a tweet. Uh oh my god, some some like Colts fan podcast, like, <laughs> I've had enough. Carson Wentz is not the problem. It's the O line, you <laughs> idiots. Like and here's my podcast about it. Like I yeah. almost wanted to listen to it just to like laugh.
0: Seamus she, Clancy had a great um uh picture. Uh it was the um James Franco one where it's like, oh first time, huh? Where he's got the noose around his neck. Like it was just it was just it's the perfect encapsulation of, of – what they're going through right now. It's like, well, hey, listen, I don't blame them. And like I said on this podcast, he's a madman. And he's a guy you want to root for because he's just a guy who plays to the whistle. And you want that in all your football players when you're investing so much time. You want to love this guy. We wanted to love this guy. And we love this guy in 17, 18, 19. We're kind of getting a little weird about him. 2020, obviously, we we, we started to, to see what he's really about. He's just a guy you love. There's nothing wrong with that. And I understand why Colts fans are going through it. But Tennessee Titans minus five with Carson Wentz on two bad ankles. Are you going to throw Brett Hundley and and uh, Jacob Eason out there for a two-quarterback two system? I mean, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, I guess I I don't understand, like, why Colts fans would have that loyalty that we had. You know, it's like we had the whole idea of, like, we moved up in the draft. We had to talk ourselves into it. We had to talk ourselves into him starting right away. And then we watched 2016 and it was pretty good. It was good for a rookie season where you don't have expectations and they obviously had the hot start. Um, And then 2017 happens obviously. And then once from that point on, it felt like no matter what was going to happen, he was going to have defenders and he was going to have people who were loyal to them because that, that level of QB play has never been seen by an Eagles quarterback. I mean, you can throw McNabb at me all you want anyone out there. And I like McNabb. I'm not even, I'm, I'm, was a longtime McNabb defender, but you look at how good Wentz was in 2017 and how efficient he was in 2017. I always understood the loyalty. I always understood the defenders with Indy. They're taking like a damaged product. Like he hasn't done these amazing things for Indy. They haven't had these like rides with Carson Wentz. I don't get how you could just be like, you know, our O-line was great last year. Yeah. And now it's terrible. And it's all not about Carson Wentz. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just don't get the, the loyalty built up already for them. I'm going to listen to that podcast. So <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. All
0: right. That is the podcast. Hey, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. We, Oh, Oh, Mark's calling a 30 second or a 60 second timeout. You're going to we'll four see. or half.
1: We'll see. 30 seconds, 60 second, whatever it takes. Are they going to refund our Christian McCaffrey bet? Uh, they should. Hammies are a goddamn bitch. Hammies are a bitch. You I'm ever pulled a hammy? No.
0: Uh, I don't have any wood around here. Oh, I have wood right here. I've never broken a bone. I've never pulled a hammy. I have a bad back, though. I've, I've thrown
1: my back out. Go ahead. Pulling a hammy, I, I've thrown my back out, too. Terrible. Absolutely okay. terrible. You go for one, one a year. I just want to say, if you're out there and you hear my voice, And you have any Irish blood running through your veins, like my 45 to 50% that's running through. And I act like I'm a full blooded Irishman. The Notre Dame fighting Irish are six and a half to seven point underdogs this weekend on a neutral field. The disrespect. They're going to do this to us. (laughs) Who's us? Us uh, Catholic Irishmen, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me. Do you have a
0: Notre Um, Dame calf tattoo?
1: The people are wondering. No, no, no. There, Notre Dame would be third or fourth on my list in terms of like most important to me. Are you a tattoo uh, guy? No. No, not a tattoo guy. I'm scared of needles. Yeah, me too. But I, I just uh, – Jack Cohn, revenge game. I mean, if you're not going to do it this time, Jack, don't even show up next week. That's all I got to say. Okay
0: i like how you gave the pick out on wednesday and now you give the pick out again on friday in case i, people for, I forgot i forgot okay. I it out. Hey,
1: you've been <laughs> on like
0: you've been on you know the gambler you've been on the tough cover pod your own pod you've been on other podcasts i'm not saying you're cheating on me but i'm just saying you've been on a you you're doing good you're getting your name out there you know you're was really
1: that a, was, was that a Freudian slip at the at the guy who tweeted at you that he was that he was stealing me uh,
0: Johnny Jans.
1: Yeah. He, he, t- he looked at me right before we went live. He goes, I'm going to tell Kyle I'm going to steal me. From-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, you hate the FCC, all right? You would, uh-huh. <laughs> you'd be the FCC's worst nightmare, okay? Why? You can go on that podcast all you want. You can go on that radio show all you want. All I know is there's not a Don Imus clip that Mark's going to have, but there's going to be a nice little Freudian slip. Of uh, of a couple curse words, I know, because Mar- Mark's going to get a little animated about uh, a Notre Dame loss or uh, or Kent State or Memphis losing or Memphis beating Mississippi <laughs> State because he doesn't understand <laughs> that Memphis is in the Power Six conference.
1: By the way, by the way, Mississippi State. I'm going back to the well. LSU. Derek Stingley's out. Take him. Mississippi State. Sark Vegas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the podcast. Thanks for uh, listening to us. Thanks for uh, sticking with us during the uh, during the outfit alpha change so uh we'll talk to you hope we win you some money and uh god hope i'm uh hope i go three now and you go oh and three so that i can uh actually make this a game so